Shalom, and thank you for listening to the weekly teaching from Nachamu Ami. It's our honor that you've chosen to participate virtually, and we hope that this lesson will be an inspiration in your daily walk. Don't miss a single teaching. Be sure to download the Nachamu Ami app by visiting our website at www.makeandmessianic.com and clicking the Download the App button in the top left corner. Enjoy the message. You know, every week, every week I'm excited to teach. I love to learn something new, and I pray every week that God will give me the ability to communicate something to you that will be memorable, that will, that will be uh, worth hearing, because goodness knows there are better things to do than sit and listen to someone talk and get nothing out of it. So that's always my prayer. But this week, in particular, I am especially excited because I just, there's something, there's just something special about what I want to share with you today. And, you know, last week we reviewed and we talked about this. Remember what this is? This is the first word of the Torah portion for Vayikra in the book of Vayikra of Leviticus. It says, Vayikra, and he called. And we talked a lot about what and he called is, and we talked about what the small aleph is. And we talked and we looked and we said, well, the small aleph actually represents God. That was one, consider- one consideration. We talked about the aleph representing the humility of Moshe. And we talked also about the small aleph representing Messiah, or really uh, a picture of Messiah. And the most intriguing part about this entire thing is Vayikra, and he called. And so last week's message should have been called, Look Who's Talking. And then this week we should have called it, Look Who's Talking To. Did you ever see those cheesy movies from the 80s with John Travolta? This is somebody better than John Travolta talking. So here we go. You ready? There's a Torah commentary, Messianic Jewish Torah commentary called Shadows of the Messiah written by Daniel Lancaster. It's very good. It's a a five-volume commentary that points out places in the Torah where we see, can you guess? Shadows of Messiah. That's why it's called that. So not like just out there open in your face. These are things that are pointers to Messiah. And in one section of Shadows of the Messiah, Daniel Lancaster says this, when he's talking about Messiah as represented by the small aleph, he says, he humbled himself like Moses and was worthy to be the vessel through whom God spoke. He humbled himself like Moses and was worthy to be the vessel through whom God spoke. You ready? There it is. That finally gives me the freedom and the on-ramp to begin the Messianic Jewish Midrash that I promised you last week. Everything up to this point was leading to this. What is really going on? I've given you a lot, of, a lot of considerations because it does, we can say midrashically, and we define midrash very extensively from the Encyclopedia Britannica of all places last week. 
we can define mid I mean we can safely say from midrash that we have a beautiful interpretation of the aleph as god we have a beautiful interpretation of the aleph as moses but most powerfully most powerfully whether or not that is due to some scribal correction or error, or grammatical rule, or whatever the technical reason is why there is a small olive there, I believe beyond the shadow of a doubt that it is by divine design that it is different. Because there is something unbelievably powerful here that was to be communicated to Moses and is to be communicated to us, but you have to look for it. You have to look for it. That's the beauty of study and learning. It is different by design. This vayikra is different than the first calling where we see this word, and this is recapping last week. Vayikra, he called to Moses where? From the burning bush. Full-size letters. Vayikra, he called to Moses from the cloud, full-size letters. But at first one it said, Elohim called. Then it said, Adonai called. And now at the beginning of the description and the teaching of the sacrificial system, it says, and he called. Why? By divine design. Who called? You ready for it? Can you guess? The shadow of Messiah. Let me explain. And this is where I'm excited. There is a book. It's called the Book of Enoch. The Book of Enoch predates Yeshua. It is non-canonical. It is not in the Tanakh. It is a Jewish source from the third and Third and pa- the third and later centuries, maybe the fourth century, BCE, before Yeshua. And someone might think to themselves, how in the world are you going to base an entire sermon on a non-canonical book? Well, it's quoted in Jude, if it helps you feel better. So, if it's in the New Testament as a foundation for something, I can use it as a foundation for something, Right? The book of Enoch is a very messianic book. It talks a lot about the, 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 the person, the, the, the essence of what would be Messiah. And it is pre-Yeshua. It's quoted positively and negatively often by the church fathers. But what is the point? What's the significance? The book of Enoch says this in chapter 62. From the beginning, just, just, just listen to this. From the beginning of the son, the son of Man was hidden, and the Most High has preserved him in the presence of his might, and revealed him to the elect, and the congregation of the elect and the holy shall be sown, and the elect shall stand before him on that day. And... Your clicker must work. And all the kings and the mighty and the exalted and the rulers of the earth shall fall down before him on their faces. 
and worship and set their hope on the Son of Man and petition him and ask him for mercy at his hands. That's powerfully messianic considering that we know who the Messiah is, right? But I want you to back up and look at what I showed you at the first because what is the significance here? From the beginning, the Son of Man was hidden and the Most High has preserved him in the presence of his might. And this. And revealed him to the elect. What's the significance? Moses was pretty elect. Moses, the one who spoke face-to-face to God, and as I already said, that doesn't really mean face-to-face. It means he had intimacy. He was special. He was chosen. He was the elect. And so, we see a communication going on here consistent with the book of Enoch. Now, please, 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 please understand that I am not telling you or suggesting that within the tent of meeting, there sat Yeshua in a golden throne, sipping on a glass of tea with his long flowing hair and beard. I am not suggesting when I say that the spirit of Messiah is communicating from the tent of meeting. This we must go back to the sermon series that I gave called Messiah Before the Foundations, a nine-part series on Messiah and his existence, his pre-existence before the foundations of the world, right? We, had a, we have a word for that. It's in the apostolic scriptures. It's in the book of chapter 1. Book of John, chapter 1. Anyone remember what that spirit of Messiah, the essence of Messiah that was with God from the beginning, what was it called? The Word, the Logos. But this idea of the Messiah being from before the foundations of the earth, this is absolutely well-established tradition within Judaism Within this synagogue, most importantly, and I'll show you later, within the very words of Yeshua. Now, we are going to teach, teach, teach today. So I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures and a lot of details. I'm going to make it exciting as I can. It's worth hearing. Listen to me. Here's another reading from the book of Enoch. Before the sun and the signs were created, before the stars of heaven were formed, his name was invoked in the presence of the Lord of Spirits. Who's the Lord of spirits? That's Hashem. A support shall he be for the righteous and the holy to lean upon without falling. And he shall be the light of the nations. Preexistent, preexistent according to the book of Enoch. This is from the Midrash, Genesis Rabbah. Six things preceded the creation of the world. Some of them were created. Some of them arose in the thought of God to be created. The Torah, throne of glory, these were created. The fathers, Israel, the temple, and the name of Messiah arose in thought to be created. I'm only showing you here the idea of the pre-existence of Messiah and how in the world it could be that I'm suggesting 
that from the tent of meeting, there's a conversation going on. Shimon bin Lakish and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the water. This, when did that happen? Genesis 1. This is the Spirit of King Messiah, as it is written, and the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. That's Midrash from traditional Judaism. And here, of course, is John 1.1. We know in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God. What's the Logos? The essence, the spirit of Messiah, through which God created all things, we read later in the apostolic scriptures. And if you need just a little bit more New Testament evidence, Revelation 13, this from the lamb who was slain before the creation of the world. That's important. But when was this laid out? When was this plan laid out? Before. All of it. So it's vitally important that as I proceed, and I'm suggesting what I'm suggesting by my own personal midrash, it's imperative that you do not confuse the idea of the spirit of Messiah with Yeshua the Messiah. Yeshua, the man, was filled and imbued with the full essence of the Logos, which is the spirit of Messiah. And thus, he became Mashiach. Now, why would Moses need to know anything about this? First off, that's an important question. Why would God allow this communication to take place? Why did Moses need to know? I want you to consider the subject matter that's getting ready to take place in the book of Vayikra. And he called unto Moses, and the Lord said. Do you see the distinction? But why? Why does Moses need to know that? Moses is about to be instructed in the entire system of sacrifice. The entire system of sacrifice. But there is a very, very, very beautiful phrase from the Talmud. We just read the, the tractate Megillah when we were reading about Purim. Why does Moses need to know? Because of this word of wisdom. The Holy One, blessed is He, prepares the remedy before the wound. So here we go. He called the Logos, the Spirit of Messiah, represented by the small Aleph. Why? Why would the text represent Yeshua as a small Aleph? Who is Yeshua other than the ultimate servant of the Most High God? We talked about Moses as a servant. We talked about God as a servant. There is no bigger better servant than the Messiah, Yeshua. However, he always submitted to the Father's will. He was always, always submitted. We might suggest smaller, but you know what I mean by that. I'm only saying that in the context of what we're pointing out in the text. And there's another very interesting thing. The word Aleph in a, in a Hasidic discourse, the word Aleph also means to teach. And so the small Aleph is teaching the servant of God, Moses, about what 
sacrifice is. Well, he, he's not teaching him about what sacrifice is. He is preparing him. He is showing him something. Moses, you are about to learn about atonement, at one with the Father through the sacrificial system. But God has chosen you, Moses, as a prophet, a servant, a, a, the elect to see the end of the game, to see the plan, Moses, because the Holy One, blessed is He, creates the remedy before the wound. Those sacrifices, Moses, they will and are important for Israel on earth in their interaction with Father, with the Father. But Moses, and he called, I am the finale. Israel will be the light to the nations, Moses, to proclaim the name of Messiah, the Lamb slain before the foundations of the world. Now, let me show you something else. This is not the first time that God has revealed the plan of salvation through Mashiach to the elect. Can you think of another time early on in the Torah when the plan of salvation, we could say, was revealed to the elect? First of all, let's talk about the elect. Got it. Big surprise, David Higginbotham just got it and stole my thunder, but he didn't say it loud enough for anybody else to hear, so here we go. In the elect, who is the ultimate elect? Yeshua, of course. Moses, pretty elect. Who's another one? Avraham, the friend of God. Now, when was this plan revealed to Avraham? What was going on around the revelation of what God was going to do later? It was a sacrifice or was about to be a sacrifice of his only son, Yahid. It was not a sacrifice. It was called the Akedah, the binding of Isaac. But at this particular time, God communicates to Moses, right, in a very particular way through the angel of the Lord. And Moses sees and says, God will provide the solution, right? Allowing him then to say, and this is Yeshua talking in John, when he says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old and you've seen Abraham? Yeshua said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. In other words, we have a communication going on to the elect according to the book of Enoch. Abraham is the elect, but I want to point out one little bonus thing here. Bonus, strike 
put this in your permanent memory bank. I am. This right here, this particular section of Scripture is utilized out of context to suggest that Yeshua is saying He is God. That He is equivalent to, supersedes, overpowers, whatever. I am like Hashem's name, I am. Stay with me because this isn't in the text. This, this, is not in the, this is not in the message. I just don't want you to miss this. Before Abraham was, I am. Is he saying, I am God? No. What he is saying is everything I just showed you about the preexistence of Messiah. From the beginning, this has always been. Before any of it, Yeshua says, I am. But God will provide the solution. So Abraham saw it. Abraham saw it because God communicated to him about the plan of redemption. Moses, I suggest to you, heard from the tent of meeting. And buddy, it was a meeting because the spirit of Messiah calls to Moses and says, this is how it's going to be. Thus, Moses can say with the fullest faith later on in Deuteronomy 18, having been exposed to and seen and communicated and talked to and taught by the Spirit of Messiah, the Lord said to me, they've spoken well, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you. I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them about all that I command. It shall come about that whoever will not listen. What's happening? Moses knows because it has been revealed to him. In a special, amazing, anointed way, he says a prophet? Why a prophet? Why would he call him a prophet? Was Yeshua a prophet? Yes, he was. Did he prophesy before Moses about what was going to happen in the final plan of redemption? Yes, I suggest to you that he did. And so Moses knows there's never been a prophet who's got that kind of plan coming. And so he says to Israel, it's going to work out. Now, I want to show you something incredibly cool. You ready? This is uh, not a messianic teaching. This is from Hasidus. This is from Hasidic Judaism. But I'm going to show you something amazing. You see that word? Pronounce it, Gola. Do you see this word? Pronounce it. Gula. There's a difference. First of all, there's a difference in meaning. One means exile. One means redemption. What's the difference? Aleph. The servant of God, Messiah Yeshua, represented by the small Aleph in Vayikra, and he called unto Moses. Thus, Moses can say in Deuteronomy 33, having had this encounter, the elect with the ultimate elect, can say to Israel, blessed are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. The plan from the beginning revealed to Moshe. 
Now, the question is, Damien, you don't know any of those things that you just said. You know what? You're right. Who cares? It's amazing. It's cool. It's awesome. And all of this scripture points and works around, and it's midrash, so I gave you a ton of scripture to support it. You can believe it or not, but you cannot deny that that's cool. But what does this mean for me, Damien? What do you, how does this affect my life? Well, hopefully, you'll read this going forward. And hopefully, it'll cause you to, to think about certain things that you come along in the Scripture and ask yourself, hmm, what is this? What is this? I didn't read this. I didn't study this. It just happened because I was reading other things. That's what happens when you study and you learn. So hopefully... It sets you on a trajectory. Hopefully, it confirms to you that no detail in the Torah is superfluous. That God can speak and teach through anything and everything. Hopefully, you'll see that Midrash can actually be anointed to teach you and encourage you. But most importantly, most of all, we see two situations here with Abraham and with Moses in communication with what I would suggest is the spirit of Messiah where two people around the sacrificial idea saw the day of Yeshua and rejoiced. The sacrifices were and are important Enough that I tell you that the Spirit of Messiah revealed them to Moses personally. The system matters as it relates to forgiveness, atonement, the, the, the future and the atonement of the world and Israel and all this. And the beautiful precursor to these guys really being able to dig in, it, dig in and understand the sacrificial system, what was the most important thing that God wanted them to know first? Yeshua plan of salvation, redemption. And so guess what, guys? You already know that. What you don't know is the next part, many of you. That is the sacrificial system, why it is, what it is, how it works, what's the significance for me today. If the Spirit of Messiah saw fit to encourage Moses to teach him and say, Moses, this is important. To instruct him in Leviticus before God spoke. If that was important enough, then for them, shouldn't it be for us? And God willing, as we proceed over the next several weeks, it will be. By his strength. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. We hope you enjoyed the weekly teaching. We'd love to hear from you with a comment, a prayer request, or questions you might have. We believe the mission and message of Messianic Judaism is something the world needs now. If you enjoy these teachings, would you consider financially supporting the work of Nachamu Ami by visiting our website at www.makinmessianic.com and clicking the Give Online button in the upper right corner. Thank you again for listening.